If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and California Politics, a special episode on a Monday before the primaries, because I know a lot of you have been asking about the primaries, so I figured, why not have a quick show about the primaries a day before? I was thinking about having it tomorrow, but then I thought that's not enough time for people to prepare and really get in the mindset, uh, the mindset for the primaries. Um, this is really going to be sort of a, a viewer-driven show when it comes to the primaries. I'll do my best to answer a lot of the questions you have. So I uh, apologize to the audio listeners already um, if this show sounds like it's going to be a little bit more choppy because I'll be taking chats from IG. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I could comment on bashing DeSantis. Uh, you know, I wasn't really bad. I'm just calling him out, but we can get to that in a little bit. Um yeah, I have a lot. Yeah, I'm going to get to all your questions. I just wanted to do a quick little intro. Um, yeah, so this is going to be mostly listener driven. It's going to be mostly you guys asking questions. I will say this caveat, though. I'm not going to endorse uh, anybody. I'm not going to endorse anybody. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you should vote for this person. You should vote for that person. I'll give you I'll be happy to give you my opinion on a lot of these races and tell you what I think. It doesn't mean that I'm going to say you should go vote for this person or you should go for go vote for that person, because the point of this has always been that um, this is a community where we're discussing, we're talking, we're not all going to agree on the same thing. It's never been that sort of account. It's never been that sort of account where I'm going to just throw you the red meat and everyone's going to agree and we're all going to get together and it's all going to be a happy go lucky feel good time. I started this account because I believe people weren't talking about anything outside of what is the far left uh, narrative in California. And I feel like there are a lot of voices between the far left and everybody else that were not being represented. So that's really the point is that we're not going to agree on everything. We're not going to talk about everything and and say, oh, everything's hunky-dory and we're all going to hold hands in kumbaya. Um, and yeah, uh, one of the proudest things I can always say is I, I want to make people think before they they go out and, and think about a lot of these political issues. Um, you know, it's like the old saying is, you know, you give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for life. Um, and that's really my goal is to make people learn how to think and approach this on their own so that they always don't need somebody telling them what to do. Because I think we've gotten into this world where it's so much of political tribalism, where it's just constantly, I want to dunk on your side, I want to dunk on your the other side. And we're not really getting things done because it's so much about just dunking on one side or the other. And I, I can't stand political tribalism. I'm of the whole heart of belief that Political tribalism might be the downfall of this country if that's what it comes to. It's just sort of the extreme political tribalism of, I don't really care as long as my side wins. That's really all it comes down to. And I think we need a lot more people who are willing to uh, think and challenge the status quo on both sides and really push for that. So um, that's sort of my opening caveat. I got a little bit longer than I was expecting it to, but... That's sort of the point. The point is that I'm not going to sit here and endorse. We're going to talk about the primaries, what's important, what to look for, answer any questions that I can possibly answer. Granted, there's 58 counties in California. I'm going to admit I don't know um, every single county. I don't know every single candidate. There's a lot of people running. Um, The best thing I can tell you, I can give you sort of ways to do Yeah, you can dunk on major all you want. If you want to dunk on major, that's fine. Major dunking is always accepted here. Uh, but I'll give you the tools. That's why it's important that when people ask me these questions, like who should I vote for in this seat or stuff like that, I don't know because I don't know every single county and I don't know everything um, that's going on in all 58 counties. And I can't research every single person and give you a detailed ex- uh, sort of detailed uh, explanation for everybody. 
Um, but I can give you the tools and the knowledge and the know-how to kind of approach this so you make your own decisions. And that's really the point. Um, so with that said, tomorrow is the start. Uh, well, that tomorrow is voting day. Early voting has started. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to wait until tomorrow, which is fine. Uh, and I was reading an article this morning from uh, Emily Hoven from Cal Matters. Does great work. She's very uh, interesting to follow. Uh, Cal Matters is also a great news site if you ever want to follow and sort of just get down the middle, um, down the middle news. That's a good place to go. Is Cal Matters. California Globe leans a little bit more right, but Cal Matters is, is basically as close to in the middle as you're going to get. They kind of just give you the news. Um, she says that although a 81.5% of eligible Californians were registered to vote as of May 23rd, the highest percentage heading into a gubernatorial primary in 68 years, just 13% had returned the ballot as of Saturday. Um, if this trend continues, California could potentially break its low turnout record set during the 2014 primary election when just 25.17% of registered voters cast their ballots, the Los Angeles Times reported. That's despite every active registered voter receiving a mail-on ballot and also having the option to vote in person. So I'll say this right off the bat. I know a lot of you are going to vote in person. God bless you. Good Godspeed. Go out there, vote in person, exercise your right to go vote in person. But I think the larger issue is that there is this sort of apathy going on that they're not really engaged. Now, if you look at it as overall, that only 13% of registered voters have returned their ballots, that does show you something else that shows you that there's also apathy on the la on the other side as well. Um, that shows you that maybe the Democrats have fallen asleep at the wheel here. They're not really worried about it because it is a heavily Democratic state. 47.5% of registered voters are Democrat, the largest by far. Um, Republicans and independents make up the other 50% or so. And then the, you know, Green Party and all that. Um but that does show you something. And I think that's an important lesson that it's not just, you know, if Republicans want to show up on voting day, that's great. But it also shows that Democrats haven't really shown up at all either. And if only 13 percent, there is a sense of apathy. And why is this important? It's important because in the jungle primary that is here in California, uh, Anything can happen. I mean, hypothetically, I've seen people throw around the idea that Noodles doesn't even have to be on the ticket if people don't vote for him and he doesn't make it past the primary. Now, that's not likely to happen, but that's an example of what this open primary means is that the two top candidates can actually get through. How does that help? It helps people like you who are paying attention. You know, the people who are on these shows who are in my DMs asking me these questions, people who are paying attention... This gives us an incredible opportunity to take advantage of these races early. Uh, and Renette Sunham, who was on on Friday, uh, a great conversation with her. Go check it out. Um, I'm going to post the audio today. There's a, a, another video that I need to post the audio as well. Someone had pointed out, but I'm going to post that as well. Going to be a lot of audio podcasts coming up. Um, and she made a great point, which is that by the time you get to the general, the die is already cast and that you are already stuck with these two candidates who you don't like either of them. But if you get proactive now in the primaries and you do your research and you figure out who you want to vote for and you figure out who you want to support in the general, that's when things can get interesting here in California. That's one of those things where most people look at it and go, oh, that's really bad. Like, you know, it's, it's not great. And therefore, you know, it, everything's rigged. Well, if you look at this number of 13%, there is a strong apathy on the Democratic side because they believe that they just have it in the bag, that they just are going to show up and they have it in the bag, and that's no big deal. But if people start to get engaged in local races, little local races, uh, you know, super, I guess they're not little local races, but even like school board, supervisor, state assembly, stuff like that, you can catch the Democratic Party off guard because they're not paying attention or the Democrats think that everything's sort of a shoe in And that's sort of where you can mold what happens in the general. And at least if you have people you want in the general, you have a better shot. And that means those people are, one, 
they're going to go to the general. They get more time to campaign. They get to be the only two options. So you get to really contrast those two options. Um, you get to see them face off against each other. A lot of times, if they are the person, they'll get backing from the party. If they're a Republican, they'll get backing from their party. If they're an independent, they won't get backing from anybody. Um, but it sets that person up to really jump on the main stage and really let their voice be heard. Uh, one of the races that's most exciting is uh, Lan He Chen, which he's running for controller. Controller is, uh, if you don't know what controller is, controller is basically the state's accountant and bookkeeper. And that's directly out of this helpful pamphlet, which we've gone over before. It has all your candidate statements and stuff like that. Uh, not all your candidate statements. Some candidates think it's a it's a ruse to, or it's a a ruse, or it's a ripoff to actually put your candidate statement in there. But if you don't put your candidate statement in there, a lot of times I don't know who you are, and if I look at your name on a ballot, I don't know who you are. I'm not gonna really see it, but you can look them up on the web, and we're gonna talk about that. Uh, but races like that, Lan He Chen is very interesting. I know the Republicans are very excited about him. Um, and getting him through the primary is very important because now you can see the difference between what Lan He Chen is going to bring to the race as opposed to, I think her name is uh, Yu, is the current state controller. Um, and you can see that. And that's why it's important to get these people through the primary and take advantage of the fact that some Democrats, Democrats are just falling asleep at the wheel. Um, and if you can get a Republican and a Democrat... These are could be exciting races to see if a state if we can finally get a statewide elected representative to controller. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's not really that sexy controller. It is exciting though, because if you can get a Republican to be the state's accountant and bookkeeper and fiscal watchdog, that's a lot of power within that one position, especially if you're opposed to noodles and the Democratic supermajority. Um and that is a very important position. As my dad once told me before, he who controls the purse controls the power. Well, if you have a Republican who's sort of the state fiscal watchdog and accountant, that's a big deal. So I would strongly urge you don't kind of like gloss over controller because you don't know what it is. I just told you what it is. Controller is basically the person keeping an eye on all of our finances. And believe me, there's a lot of stuff to keep an eye on when it comes to finances here in California. Um, so... Getting somebody like that in there is great. And then you have attorney general, which is also an exciting race. You have an attorney general, which is you have three contenders. Uh, Rob Bonta was appointed in 2021 to take over after it was Xavier Becerra left to go and be the director of health and human services um, for Biden. So he appointed Rob Bonta. This is the first time Rob Bonta is actually running for office. He's never won an election. But there is an issue of there's crime. Crime is on the rise. Public safety is definitely on a lot of people's minds right now. Uh, and Attorney General, as the state law enforcement head, the, the head of the state law enforcement, is a very exciting position. So we have three different candidates. We have Ann Marie Schubert, who is the Sacramento DA. She's running as no party preference. You have Eric Early, who is a Republican. You have Nathan Hochman, who is the Republican as well. He's been the endorsed Republican by the California GOP. So this is another race where you have to pay attention of who you want to go through and who do you want to face off against Rob Bonta in the general election. And sometimes it's not important to look at who agrees with me the most. One thing I would always urge is you kind of have to look ahead at the general and play a little bit of 4D chess and go, hmm. This person may actually have a better shot of beating Rob Bonta than someone who is telling me everything I want to hear and all the red meat talking points I want to hear because that may only go so far and it may only talk to or speak to a small subsection of the population. And with the way it's broken down, you can't speak to a small subsection of one party and hope to win a statewide election here in California. You have to have sort of more of a coalition platform. Um, so with that, those are some interesting races. I know everyone's going to ask about, like, who do I think for governor? Because that's obviously the most important thing. But it's 
not really. But when I talk about it, it's always, you should be focused more on your, what's going on in your local races. Um, and, you know, there, there is a lot, there's a lot of people running for governor. That's for sure. People, a lot of people like to run for governor. Uh, there's only several who I think actually are, well, I think actually only one. I'm going to say this right now. Somebody had asked before the question about who do you think has the best chance of unseating noodles? Um, and I'm just going to say it, I, looking at the playing fields, I think it's got to be Michael Schellenberger. Um, just because he's got the, in the, because of the no party preference, and I know, stick with me here, okay? I know people are going to say, but he was back, but he worked for Soros a long time. Um, he did come out in an interview and say he looked back on that time and said he changed his mind and said he shouldn't have worked for Soros. Um, there's a lot of things in his progressive past, and he admits that. He says, I was very progressive, and I've come around on a lot of things. He says, I've kind of turned the corner on a lot of these things. Um, but really what it is is why I think he has the best chance is because you're already seeing it with the campaign ads against Brian Dolly. Brian Dolly is already being shown in campaign ads with Donald Trump, right? And Donald Trump is toxic here in California. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter if people are open to a new option or they can't stand Newsom and they think he's doing a horrible job. The minute they see Donald Trump, they're going to go, okay, well, I'm against that person. I, I hate Donald Trump. And I think that's why Newsom is being very smart and pushing the same ad over and over and over again is because, one... He wants a lot of Republicans to show up and vote for Brian Dolly. And two, he knows that Brian Dolly would be the easiest opponent to go beat. And that's just facts. I think Brian Dolly does not have the backing or he doesn't have the name recognition of the whole state. Um, he doesn't have sort of the platform, as far as I can see, that will kind of create that coalition. And as opposed to Michael Schellenberger, he take he becomes a wild card as a no party preference because now you take away Newsom's strongest attack, and basically his only attack, which is, oh, they're a Republican, they're a right winger, they're they're Trump. I mean, look what he did. He did it in the recall once Larry Elder entered the race. He made it all about Larry Elder and Trump, and now he's trying to do it with Brian Dolly and Trump. And he knows the game plan. And he knows that works. But if you take that card away. It makes it a lot harder to campaign against him because now you actually have to campaign based on issues. And I've said this before. I don't care where solutions come from. I think solutions just have to come from somebody. Um, somebody said he doesn't do a lot of press. Uh, I would challenge you to say he's been on Joe Rogan. He's been on Bill Maher. He's been on a lot of huge shows. The Wall Street Journal did a piece on him. I'm not even sure uh, that – I'm not even sure that – Anybody else has gotten that much exposure. Somebody said, are we sure that Schellenberger broke ties with Soros, though? I mean, I haven't seen him work for Soros. Again, he came out and said, like, he worked for Soros. And then I, I would, if you haven't listened to the Joe Rogan podcast where he talks about that, I think he, he does go into that and explains, like, how that was part of his past. And he was all, like, one way. He was very progressive. He was very, this, like, globalization and now he's kind of turned a corner on that. And he said, uh, you know, I think in one way he says, you're like regrets ever doing that. So, um, and a lot of people are asking about Tremino. Uh, here's the thing about Tremino is you can't run a statewide campaign from Orange County and just stay in Orange County. Uh, I did hear that he did cancel on another speaking event. That's, you know, another tip, tip number one, if you're going to actually run for governor try and show up to the speaking engagements that you've been advertised as showing up to. Um, and that's a big thing that if he doesn't want to show up to events that he's been scheduled at, um, I don't know what to say. I don't know if he's not taking it that seriously or if he has that big of a statewide platform. Um, you know, a lot of people in Southern California know who he is because he's Orange County. Um, but there's a lot of people in Northern California have no idea who Anthony Tremino is. And I think that's why you see people, when you look at the post that I, uh, or the poll that I posted a couple days ago, you do see the 3% and go, wow, I didn't really think you would do that bad. Well, yeah, because if you don't campaign in the entire state, you're not going to get that many people. And the fact that Major Williams was only one percentage point behind you shows you that you were not getting your name recognition out there. And that's a problem. Um, 
I mean, he made it competitive for the Republican nomination. If he had gotten the Republican nomination, it probably would have made a huge difference, as you can see with Brian Dolly. Nobody knows who the heck Brian Dolly was until he got nominated by the California GOP to run for governor. Um, and that was really what put him over the top. That's why he has 10% is mostly because people just looked at their voter guide and go, uh, well, the, the Republican Party says I should vote for Brian Dolly, so I'm going to vote for Brian Dolly. Boom. That's why he's at 10%. But he's still really far behind Noodles, who's at 50%. And Schellenberg is behind him at 5%. So there is an uphill battle. It'll be interesting to see who ends up running against him. I think if Brian Dolly ends up running against him, um, and I think it'll be a landslide. I think Noodles will easily get reelected if he runs against Schellenberger. I don't know if Schellenberger can beat the money that it, maybe people will come out of the woodworks and support Schellenberger um, and say, look, we want to get Noodles out, so we're going to support Schellenberger. I did see someone dropped like a couple hundred thousand dollars into his campaign or back to a pack that's supporting him. So you're starting to see some people do that, but uh, maybe if he gets the general, you start to see more money come in to just get noodles out as much as possible. So um, I don't foresee that there's going to be a lot of people jumping to kind of get behind Brian Dolly. There's not going to be a lot of money. I imagine it'll just be like symbolic of like Republicans running against the Democrat and he really won't have that much of a chance. Um, so I said, who do you think can beat news? All I just said, I think Schellenberger has the best shot because of his no party preference and the fact that he can really challenge a lot of noodles policy um, on a lot of these issues. And homelessness is definitely one of the biggest things. And I think homelessness and what's going on and um, crime and all of that, those are big issues with a lot of people in California right now. People see that. And um, so I know a lot of you are not very... Uh, I know I know a lot of you're not fans of Bill Maher, um, although Bill Maher's been making some really good points lately because Bill Maher himself has said the party, the Democratic Party has gotten a little kooky. Uh, he had Schellenberger on. He also had Douglas Murray, who wrote the book The War on the West, which is a book that I now have on hold at the library. And they basically talked about this idea of like civilization of like we are losing civilization. We're losing the the basic tenets of what it means to be a civilized society. And that was one thing they talked about was you can't look at an open air drug encampment and say, this is okay. And Douglas Murray, who's from Europe goes, you don't see this in Europe. They don't put up with this. You don't see tent cities where people are doing drugs out in the open. You don't see this. Um, and, that's one thing that he's talking about is that you have to preserve the basics of civilization. We can fight over all of these other, Oh, see someone read war on the West is a great read. It's on hold at the library. I'm 17th out of all of the holds, So I got a while to wait for it or I could just buy it, but I like using the library. Um, and, and that was one thing they argued about was that civilization, we have to have sort of these basic tenets of civilization before we start arguing about all the other stuff. Right now, civilization is, is slowly starting to like crumble apart. And that's what's really scary to a lot of people. Why would noodles increase our gas tax yet again if there's a surplus? Well, because Democrats believe that there's no tax that they don't like. And they believe that if they suspend the gas tax, then... They're going to lose money on infrastructure, key infrastructure, even though I don't see a lot of money going towards a lot of infrastructure because the roads, as far as I know, are still pretty crappy. Um, they kind of always have been the same. It looks like a lot of our infrastructure is not doing that great. But that's sort of their thing. That's why they passed the gas tax years ago was because they said, well, if you pass the gas tax, we'll be able to fix all our roads and our infrastructure and all that stuff and everything will be hunky dory. I, I haven't seen it. Um, someone said, who is the most viable Senate candidate? Um, well, I will tell you this. Uh, after speaking and looking at their platforms, there's really, if you're looking at two Republicans, you have Dr. Cordy Williams, and then you have Mark Mauser. Uh, I Mark Mauser has a bigger plan to reach out to voters come the general election. Uh, so that's something where it's that 4D chess. It's this 4D chess of who has a better um, 
who has a better plan in the general election? Who's going to go up against their opponent and have a better shot of making that, uh, of winning that election? And again, you don't want to just go with whoever is giving you the red meat talking points because they may not have the best sort of trust the plan. They may not have the best plan in the general election. They could have their their plan right now could be I just need to get through the primary. So I'm going to tell all my voters that I'm one way and then I'm going to give them all the red meat talking points and then I'll get through the primary. When you'll get crushed in the general because everybody else does not agree with that small subsection of the red meat. Um so Again, if you look at sort of the two of them, I've looked at Dr. Cordy Williams. I don't know what his strategy is going into the general election. I know that Mark Mauser has a more comprehensive strategy going into the general election of who he's going to sort of reach out to. Um, And I know that, again, you want to see these candidates, these blueprint candidates who are willing to try new things and not just repeat the same old talking points and see if they're going to win and see if they're going to make any inroads. They may not all win. But if they make gains, you can look at it and go, wow, okay, this person, you know, spoke out to this group of people or this person made a real strong push to get the Hispanic vote. And it worked as much as this. And we know we have to do better next time because a lot of politics is really incremental where you can say we had a really good run the last cycle. We know what we need to do. And now we're going to win this cycle. Those are sort of people you want to get closer to the general election is those blueprint candidates who are going to show other candidates how to win, right? That's the incremental change is that they're going to look at this and go, um, this is how you do it. And this is how you make it better. Who is the doctor you mentioned? Dr. Cordy Williams. Is he a doctor? I just see that he always posts about Dr. Cordy Williams. Um, so what do you think about Termino taking my push to vax? Uh, so, yeah, Mauser is an attorney. He's a constitutional attorney. He's a really smart guy. Um, he was on the show. Uh, we've had conversations offline, too. So so he's only a chiropractor. I didn't know he was only a chiropractor. Okay, so the way he makes it sound, he's a doctor. Um, you know, it's not like he's a medical doctor. Nothing against chiropractors, but that does mislead some people. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I saw Sean Collins on with Wayne Dupree. Does anyone have information on him? In terms of any like dirt or anything, I don't think so. Um, and I mean, you can look them up. Again, I'm not gonna. Uh, that that's something like if you want more information on him, go to his website, go to his Instagram, check out what he's doing, um, and follow him there. Do you think we have a chance at winning the Secretary of State? Another important race. I'm supporting Rachel Ham. Uh, no. And I think Rachel Ham is, uh, they're going to play up sort of her loony, some of her loony past. Um, even if it's half true or, or not true, you know, the low information voter is going to see that she did some sort of like witch ritual or something like that. And stuff she said about, uh, Jesus coming down and taking up all the fraudulent ballots and burning them and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, Camille says Sean's clean, just not enough traction. If Camille says Sean's clean, then you know he's got a thorough background scrubbing. Do you think Dems will show up to vote? Um, so far they haven't. So far they have not shown up to vote. It's 13%, so there's not a lot of people, unless they're waiting until today or tomorrow to show up to vote. But, um, you know, it's it's more likely that a lot of Democrats would like to do mail-in ballots um hopefully there's not too much ballot harvesting that they're going to go out and find all the democrats who didn't vote tomorrow or today and start rounding up all those ballots certainly possible which kind of sucks but let's see someone said like john crier and two and a half men (laughs) yeah yeah they they always make fun of the fact that even though he's a doctor he's a chiropractor what do we do when this election is stolen like 2020? Um, I Look, I've said this before plenty of times. In California, no one needs to fudge any numbers because they win by such large margins that they don't have to really, uh, they don't really have to do anything. Like 
if there's going to be any funny business, it's going to be like on the margins where they can get one or two, you know, a little bit extra to get someone over the line. But in terms of like in California, you don't really need to because all these places are big uh, democratic strongholds like L.A. Someone brought up about L.A. and Rick Caruso, um, who if it's going to be Rick Caruso and Karen Bass, it's got to be Rick Caruso. And people are going to go after the fact that he's a billionaire and he's a big money guy. Um, but I definitely don't want Karen Bass. I don't think Karen Bass is the right option. And again, if Rick Caruso wins in L.A., that's exciting because it sends a message that L.A. is kind of over the far left progressive. It's kind of a repudiation of it saying, like, look, we were willing to put up with some progressive stuff. But uh, we're kind of over the progressive, like tone it down a little bit. We kind of want to get back to normal. Um, so that would be exciting to see if L.A. goes for Rick Caruso. They're both Democrats. Um, Rick Caruso was a former Republican turned independent, now turned Democrat. Um, yeah, a lot of celebrities are saying vote for Caruso. He spent a lot of his own money on this, which honestly may be the only way to kind of break some of these cities. Is you just got to bulldoze your way in and go like, look, no one's going to outspend me. I'm just going to do it. Who would I say for Secretary of State? Um, I don't remember. Let's see. Let's look at Secretary of State. This is only the candidates, so I don't know. Um, I, I did not pick Rachel Ham. I don't know who I picked for Secretary, to be completely honest. I, don't, I think Shirley Weber probably has that in the bag. I have the endorsements up as well. Um, I mean, well, nobody was even... Nobody was even nominated for um, or or endorsed by the Republican Party for Secretary of State. So um, Freedom Revival is backing Rachel Hamm. I don't understand that necessarily. Um, again, I don't think she's, she's going to get killed when it comes to the general. They're going to wipe the floor with her because of stuff she said and stuff she's done. Um, but... Another exciting race that's coming up is uh, Chesa Bodine. Uh, Chesa Bodine, the recall is coming. People are going to start voting for that. And it looks like the polls are going to show that he will likely be recalled, which is great. Um, again, a repudiation in San Francisco of super far left progressive ideology. So if you have like a Rick Caruso winning and you have Chesa Bodine being recalled, that's good signs, you know, and, and you have to kind of look at the totality. You have to look for all the silver linings and say, this is great. This is fantastic that we got Rick Caruso in L.A., uh, a billionaire businessman who wants to make L.A. better. Um, and Chesa Bodine, far left radical D.A. who let crime run rampant in San Francisco is out. More people want stronger law enforcement in San Francisco. Um just those two races alone can say a lot about where California is headed and what issues people really care about and what issues need to be kind of run on moving forward. So, all right. Any other questions? This is your time. Like I said, this is really going to be like listener driven. Um, for everyone who's listening on audio, we are on IG live and taking questions and comments as always with coffee and California politics. We always like to take, uh, that's the whole point of coffee in California politics is for us to sit and chat and talk about this. Uh, we'll make California red again. That's going to take a long time. But I would say let's aim for let's make California purple. Progress. Hashtag progress to purple. That's what I always say. I would take a purple California over a deep blue California and a heartbeat. Do you think we can break the supermajority? Um, in this race... Maybe, you know, and uh, stop it, silly. Um, in this race, in historical uh, historical trends when it comes to politics, is that the incumbent party, technically the incumbent party in like presidency and at the top levels, um, usually suffers a lot two years after they take over. So... This is sort of how the political cycle goes. This is a prime year for Republicans because Republicans 
have the opportunity. They have the upper hand. Things are, especially the fact that things are not going great um, well across the country. Things are not going well in California. $7 a gallon gas is not something people are having or enjoying right now. So there is an opportunity for people to get engaged and get more people flipping seats. With that said, um, I don't know if anyone who's running for assembly or anything like that is on here and wants to give their opinion or opine on that. Do I think we'll break the supermajority this cycle? No, but I think we'll chip away at it. And I think that's important because every time you cycle and chip away, it does get a little bit. And it's not that many. It's really not that many. It's like, I think, six in the Senate and you get rid of the supermajority. So um, 13 maybe in the assembly. It's not as many as people think it is. It's not like it's 100 Democrats. It's not like it's 99 Democrats and then one Republican in the assembly. And just breaking the supermajority in this progress to purple is a huge win because now you don't have the Democratic supermajority can just ram things through. So uh, chip may be small, but chips always grow bigger in time. Yeah, I mean, you got to chip away. And people are kind of like, they want to turn California red overnight, which is not how politics works. Georgia didn't turn blue overnight, or purple, I guess you could say, because now it's a battleground state. It didn't turn purple overnight. Uh, June Cutter, is running for assembly, I think we'll get 22, 25. We need 27 in the assembly to break the supermajority. That's pretty damn good. If we get 25, that's really damn good. So... You know, that makes a huge difference. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. If you put measure in both, the he just gets installed right away. Save the hassle. Corey would be there for a couple of months and measure would get to. Yeah, somebody, people have been asking me this about the partial term and the full term when it comes to the senator. The best thing I can tell you, it's the easiest way to break it down, is basically... If you are voting for somebody, whether it's Dr. Cordy Williams, chiropractor, or if you're voting for Mark Mauser, um, vote for them in both of them because that's your choice and that's who you want to stay in that seat. So if that's who you're voting for, just vote for both. You don't have to. There's no like game here. Like you can just vote for both of them and that's how it works. So don't overthink it. If you pick one or the other, just vote for them for the partial and for the full term. So in voting, we should look at the polls and see who actually has a chance to make it on the ballot and potential to flip a seat. What is the best site to research? Uh, well, you can look at Cook Political. Well, Cook Political is a little bit, it's harder to find like the assembly seats, but Ballotopedia, Ballotopedia is very good. And you can look at Ballotopedia and you can look at prior races and see the breakdown of past races. So if races are where you look at like past races and the let's say two years ago or something for the assembly, the person lost 70 to 30. That's how you can get a breakdown of, well, how are people voting in this specific uh, race? If it's 70, 30 Democrat, let's say that's, that's sort of uh, a non-issue district. It's not very competitive. It's not like you're really going to do anything. So I would say like vote for somebody who you think has the best shot to unseat the Democrat and maybe an independent and maybe a moderate Democrat. Um, so that's another thing I've said before is that sometimes you don't get the choices of a Republican and a Democrat. Sometimes you get just two Democrats. So it is important to look at who is the Democrat going forward. Uh, one example is here down in, uh, down in the 80th assembly district, you have David Alvarez versus Georgette Gomez, both Democrats. Um, David Alvarez is a little bit more moderate than Georgette Gomez. Georgette Gomez is a far left radical. Um, she'll go to Sacramento and do all the Bay Area style legislation. She'll support all of it in terms of more taxes, more wacky legislation. She doesn't believe in suspending the gas tax to help people. So that's an example of like you may look at it and go, we just want to get somebody in there who can beat Georgette Gomez because we're not going to have a chance with a Republican, but we can vote for David Alvarez because he's going to do a better job or he's going to be less crazy. Where do we find where people are currently polling so we can see who has a fighting chance? Uh, you can. I'm trying to think of like California. 
it's tough because there's not polling done in every single race. Like there may be internal polling being done by the campaigns, but that's not released. Um, so you'd have to kind of, there's not like really a database. If I'm wrong, someone in the comments can say like, no, you're wrong that you go here, but it's, it's not necessarily every single race is going to have a poll. Uh, and you'd have to kind of do a little bit more searching. So, um, yeah, like uh, you're not going to find like a poll for maybe school board or something like that, because a lot of people don't really know like what's going on with school board. And if you ask people for like two random names, they're going to be like, um, I don't know who they, whoever my party endorses, that's what I'm going to vote for. And again, that's where the party endorsements are a big deal is because you just kind of look at who endorsed who. And if you don't know anything about the race, most people who don't really want to research are going to just going to go, well, I'm just going to pick that person because I don't know who the heck to vote for. Yeah, it is important to look at candidates regardless of party, especially here in California. It is important. You know, it may be better to get a moderate Democrat into a seat. And I know for many of you, it may make you cringe and, and throw up in your mouth to vote for a Democrat. Um, which is fine. That may be your principle. I'm always a fan of staying, sticking by your principles, but uh, sometimes that's the way it's got to go. You kind of, kind of look at like 4D chess and say, Hey, this guy is better than this far left person. So I don't want that far left person in there. Uh, I would feel much better if Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat was in the white house. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a good example. Like, you know, if it was a, a different kind of Democrat, you might feel a little bit better um, than the Democrat we have in office right now. Um, you may not agree with them on everything, but you may feel all right with them. So, um, yeah, and, and there is an opportunity too. don't keep this in mind. The Democrats themselves are fighting their own civil war between sort of the moderate wing of the party and the far left wing of the party. That's an issue from the top down right now. So there is this issue within the Democratic Party where they're fighting amongst themselves of who's going to be the person, move, what, what's going to be the ideal moving forward. Are they going to stay in sort of this moderate JF, like, no, not even JFK, because JFK is not even close to a Democrat anymore. JFK would basically be a Republican today. But a more moderate Democrat, as opposed to a far left, wokest Democrat, um, you're going to see there, there is battle between them. So they are fighting amongst themselves and you can take advantage of that and, and kind of support one or the other. Have you seen anything about, uh, Los Angeles video measure BB? Um, I have no idea. I have no idea what BB in Los Angeles is. Um, so do, 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 mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. just looking through uh, catching up on all your comments any democrats you recommend voting for republican won't be able to win um i don't know i can't think of any there were none on my primary specifically that i i mean well i mean i already said rick caruso is probably the biggest name he's a democrat and he's running for mayor of la like that's if I was in L.A., I would vote for Rick Caruso because that's that's an easy decision. I'm not voting for Karen Bass, and that's an, another perfect example of you have someone who's a little bit more moderate. He's a businessman. He understands free enterprise and all that. And then you have Karen Bass, who has been a you know politician suckling at the public teat for a long time. Um, and at one point, I believe she was an avowed communist. Uh, I think she's tried to downplay that, but I think at one point she was a communist. Probably still is a communist. She just changes her affiliation. Uh, and that's sort of an example of like, if you're in LA, like vote for the better choice is Rick Caruso over Karen Bass. That's that's not hard. So let's see. Uh, talk to others prior to and look over the election guide. Yeah, that's always fun, especially closer to the general election. I always recommend having little election parties, you know, pop open a bottle of wine or get some good craft brews or something like that, sit around at a table and just hash it out and be like, "Here's a, and think about it this way. This is just the primaries. We haven't even gotten to propositions yet. There, the propositions haven't even come out. So we're going to be going over a lot of propositions. 
come the general election, there's going to be a lot of coffee in California politics dedicated to us just going over propositions. Um, so yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot to go over. This is, this is relatively easy because not only do you get propositions, you get measures as well. Each city has their own like special measures that they want to pass. Um, and we'll start to see those roll out soon once they qualify. Um, but there's going to be a lot. Seems there's almost no moderate Dems left, though. They're out there. I think the thing is they're out there, but they're not getting the support of the California Democratic Party. And that may be a repudiation as well, in a way, is to kind of send this message to the California Democratic Party if moderate Democrats start winning up and down the state. It may be a repudiation to California Democratic Party to go, maybe we stop pushing all these really, really far left because they respond to winning, they respond to money. And if their far woke leftist Democrats are not winning all over the state and they're only winning like certain Bay Area kind of races, that sends a big message even to the Democratic Party that like if our choice is this moderate Democrat or this far left Democrat, um, then we're going to go with this more moderate Democrat. So what other Democrats are not far left? I just gave you two examples. I mean, one is here, David Alvarez. He's not as far left as Georgette Gomez um, and Rick Caruso. And I'm sure there's more. And I'm sure if you go through your voter guide and kind of look at each of the Democrats, you're going to find out that, yeah, there are some Democrats that are better than others. Even for like Attorney General, Ann, Ann, oh, I don't know why I would keep wanting to call her Annie, Ann Marie Schubert was a former Democrat, now turned no-party affiliation, and she's just running as a no-party affiliation. So I did vote for Caruso. He'd be the only one I vote for then that I know of. Yeah, okay, cool. Good for you. Um, cocktails and politics coming soon. I haven't done a cocktail and politics. We used to do that early on. We would have these like lives where we sat and chat over drinks, and it wasn't like a podcast. And I think... I think we need to bring that back. I think we need to bring back the the cocktails and politics, California Underground, like the nightly get-togethers where everyone brings a cocktail and we sit and chat about stuff. So let me know in the comments if you think that would be fun to bring back. The props are what people needed to pay attention to, and they rarely, very rarely do. It's such a huge issue every single time. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't pay attention to the propositions, and that's really, really crucial. Uh, for example, we could have repealed the gas tax. We could have repealed the gas tax years ago, and there wouldn't be this issue of a gas tax and suspending the gas tax. But the way that they worded the repeal, and this is the attorney general gets this ability, is they worded it so that if you wanted to keep it, you voted yes. When the question most people went in thinking was, do you want to repeal the gas tax? They all said yes. But the way they worded it was so you had to vote no. So a lot of people walked out and were confused and were like, wait, I voted yes to repeal the gas tax. And people were like, no, you have to vote no on it because you don't want them to keep the gas tax. So you have to be you, you have to be um, really attuned to this stuff. Um, yeah, most of the time I vote no on propositions. That's just me because most of the time you look at it and you just don't understand what the what the heck. So. Um, do, 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 do get Wiener out of, I wish we get Wiener out of office. So, but not really our, our area. Somebody said the other day, and I can't remember who, but the only way for us to get out of this Democrat Republican plane to a size everywhere, everybody were to change their vote to an independent. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one way to do it. Like it's one way like to let independents win, um, and support independence and kind of show like, Hey, this is what the people want. You have to focus on issues. You can't just keep going back and forth. And and this stuff that, that's not helping at the kitchen table politics, you, you can't just keep railing at this. I mean, the only thing that Newsom talks about when it comes to Brian Dolly is, you know, Brian Dolly is aligned with Trump and Trump is in abortion rights and want to restrict a woman's right to choose. And, you know, it's... That's what Trump wants to do. And remember, Trump is a bad person. So vote Gavin Newsom because he's not backed by Trump. What? 
like people can't figure out whether they're buying groceries or gas this week. And your your whole thing is Brian Daly stands with Trump and supports restricting a wildlands right to choose, which would never happen in California. So like it's you know, it's just I don't know, it's just it's just one of those things where like people want solutions. They want solutions because things are getting bad here and they, they can't take the back and forth of like the extremes. Uh, let's see. Do you guess? Yeah. Cocktail. So it looks like a lot of people want to do a cocktails in politics. That's pretty cool. Uh, we're still going to try and get an OC Cal Republican event going. Um, so it's tough because you need to get for any pack or anything like that. You need to get a treasurer and treasurers right now come at a premium because they are all very, very busy with a lot of their races. So it may heat up next year the Cal Republican thing because there won't be any elections so a lot of these treasurers can help out with the pack and stuff like that and it helps us prepare for 2024 the Dems seem to keep digging their heels in more even in the face of continually dropping polls uh, yeah because I guess they feel like in certain districts they don't have to really do anything uh, they just figure I got a D next to my name so I'll win Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Um, let's see. There's another thing. People at like T is some great. Oh, they act like Trump is some great endorsement. I'll really go to whoever he chooses, and he has chosen to endorse some of the worst candidates. Stop listening to Trump. Yeah, and, and sort of my thing about Trump and um the whole thing with Trump in California. Just don't like. California's got its own issues. I, you know, Trump is what Trump is. I wouldn't worry about who Trump picks for California. And I think Trump is toxic. And I think in terms of trying to build a coalition, you're going to have to kind of look past the whole Trump thing and just get down to the kitchen table politics. So do, 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 do. Trump had mean tweets, but I could afford food and gas. Now I just pay $6 for gas and my grocery bill has doubled. I'm barely hanging on. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. And I think a lot of people are frustrated. They're frustrated because these are a lot of issues. These are the kitchen table politics issues. And at the end of the day, kitchen table politics wins. And because like or not, people are in politics. They they get interested in politics because they want to help their own status in life. I mean, it is like the old Ronald Reagan saying, which is, are you better off now than you were four years ago? And if we're on the same trajectory we are now, most people are going to look at four years ago and say, uh, yeah, we're not better off than we were. And people are going to say, ah, oh, there's COVID and all that stuff. But yeah, but we came out of COVID and the economy is teetering on a horrible recession. Um, I mean, the, the Dow has lost so much of its worth in the past month alone. Like, we're teetering on a bad recession. So it's going to, unfortunately, I don't have any good news for you. It's going to get worse. And a red wave in November may help stop the bleeding a little bit. It may help stop Biden from getting away with a lot of his executive orders and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we still got a couple more years until something changes. But that doesn't mean that now you can't start chipping away here in California and making a difference. And there is a big difference to be made at the local level. So, you know, a couple more assembly people, a couple more senators. Now all of a sudden you can start putting pressure on them, maybe to suspend the gas tax and give people the, the a little bit of breathing room, you know? And it, and it starts to create this, you have to work together. And that's why the, the idea of like a purple California does work. It, it's a lot better because now the parties actually have to show up and compete. Like right now it's the Democrats run away with a lot of things and they feel like they got the numbers. Um, but if it's a little bit more even now, all of a sudden they have to work with Republicans and they can't be as crazy and radical. Um, boop, 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 ba -doo, ba -doo. Bay area loves it. Yeah. They're still going strong there. Yeah. They were really quick. What's the difference between us center partial and unexpired term? Uh, yeah, real simple. Whoever you're going to vote for, just vote for both of those. Put their name in the same place. So, um, yeah, just put your name in the same place. It makes it nice and easy. Don't don't overthink it. Just like whoever. This is many 50 seconds. I mean, it may for a lot of people relieving 50 cents off a gallon may 
help a lot. So um, I know personally we've had to cancel trips and stuff like that. And we've been a little bit, we've been a lot more conscious over like where we go and like how far we drive. And like, we actually now look at the week ahead and go like, okay, we got to drive here. We got to drive there. Um, and you know, we, we don't want to like waste all of our gas and that's going to have an effect on the economy. I know we're getting a little off topic here, but that is going to have an effect on the economy of people starting to determine, well, I, I used to drive a half an hour to go to the movies. Um, and I would spend money on popcorn and I would pay them and maybe we'd go out for a drink at the local restaurant around the corner. And now they say, yeah, well, I'm not going to drive 20 minutes to a half an hour anyway to go to the movie, so we're just going to stay home and we're going to watch something on streaming and we'll do something else, you know? Like that hurts the movie theater and it helps it hurts the restaurant around the corner of the movie theater and it's just it's a it's sort of a cascading problem. Um someone had sent me something really interesting and, you know, my wife works with trucking as well, so she confirmed it. Um there you go. Cordy Williams is not an option for partial term. There you go. Um, so that someone sent me something that they that they own a small trucking company, a mom and pop trucking company, not like a big trucking company, but they own like several trucks. And they said they they fill up their gas, and I think it was around like fifteen hundred dollars a day because it takes a tank of gas to run a a truck. So fifteen hundred dollars a day. They have several trucks. And they said over the past couple of days, they've had to spend uh, how Morbius affect gas prices. Maybe that's why gas prices are going up, because Morbius was just so bad that people are just really upset about Morbius. No, but anyway, uh, in the past couple of days, they spent like something like $35,000, $35,000 in one week on gas for their trucks. And they said it's you can barely hold on and make profits with this. At a certain point, we're just not going to accept a lot of these hauls because it doesn't pay enough for us to even cover the gas to ship it from one location to another. And really, that's sort of the trouble we're in. It, it is that if the trucks don't run and the trucks don't want to deliver anything and the supply goes down, the price of things are going to go up. Or they're just going to pass that cost from the diesel onto the goods. It's going to get, like, I don't think we've seen it yet. And in, in sort of, again, I don't want to be a doomer. I'm trying not to scare everybody, but I, I am prepping you. A lot of you are here because you want to hear the truth. Um, we are sort of in, we haven't even seen the, the worst of it yet. We really have not seen the worst of it yet. They've been holding off on a lot of price hikes like Walmart and Target because they were told by the Fed incorrectly that this would be transitory inflation. But it's not transitory inflation. It's now uh, persistent inflation. And now here we are. And people think the only way to fix it is to give people more money by raising the minimum wage, which also creates a cost issue. So let's just say the people who are at the wheel of our economy are not very smart. Um, I will say that about Trump. The people he got as part of his economic team were some of the most free market smart people to run the economic part of his team. Like Stephen Moore, Larry Kudlow. Those are very smart pro-capitalist people. Now you have people like Janet Yellen and, you know, whoever and to be fair, he put Jerome Powell in. Jerome Powell is still there, and he's not doing a great job. Um, but we're really in for a world of hurt. And so, um, oh, yeah, thanks for stopping by. All right, I'll take a couple more questions because I did jump on a little bit later. Uh, one thing is, and, and this is exciting, the Discord. I know a lot of people joined the Discord and kind of like got a little quiet there for a while after the recall. Um, but I did notice that once somebody asked a question, there were people hopping back on. So here's what I'll say for everybody who's interested. Head over to the Discord. If you haven't joined the Discord yet, you can keep these conversations going. Talk with all the followers and people who follow this channel. Uh, go to the link in my bio. You can head over, join the Discord. It's right there. 
um, and start the conversation and start talking to other followers about this stuff. I think maybe tomorrow I'll be in the Discord. And you know what? I'll be in the Discord tomorrow. I'll start posting what's going on as the primaries come in so we can all we can all talk about that. I don't know what not to trust about Discord. Um, I mean, you can't just you can't just not trust everything. But I don't know what unless there's something I don't know about Discord. I thought Discord was one of the safer ones. But if you want to head over to Discord, uh, you can join there. Start talking there. Keep the conversation going from now until tomorrow. And tomorrow night, I'll be on doing the Discord and um, chatting with everybody and letting you know what's going on. So if anybody has... Um, no, that's great. That's great that you jumped on and, and started it. Thank you. Uh, first time I got on Discord, I found a pedo ring. Wow. Well, I don't, I can guarantee you there's no pedo ring going on in our Discord. Um, I would be, I would be banning that right away. So definitely not in my Discord. Have I shared who I'm voting for? No, I never share who I'm voting for. Um, because that's not the point. That's not the point for me to tell you who I'm voting for. Uh, the point is for you to take the tools and the research and run with it. Um, so thanks for the info. Always learn a lot when I watch these. Oh, thank you for, for coming on. So, uh, yeah, thank you for, for showing up. Um, this was a good one. I feel a lot of people, <laughs> California Morbius discord ring. Uh, no, no, we're not going to be joining. There's not going to be a Morbius Discord um, in California Underground. And exposing frauds. Love exposing frauds. All right, if anybody else has any more questions, head over to the Discord. I think that's the best way to do this. Head over to the Discord, and people will be there chatting, talking about this stuff. Compare notes. You know, If people are in certain counties, talk to different people and be like, hey, I'm in L.A. County. Uh, I'm looking for some help here. Great. Maybe someone there can help you and talk about it. And you guys can share with each other who you are voting for. Um, and then tomorrow night, I'll be in the Discord, popping open, you know, getting some info out there and following everything and going from there. So, uh, and make sure you vote. That's obviously the most important thing. Um, Sugar Bat has a question. What's the question, Sugar Bat? Fire away. It's not about, hopefully it's not about pedo rings on Discord because there are no pedo rings on um on my discord uh in other news while we're waiting for that question to pop up uh wednesday we're going to have uh no live what is this i honestly have no idea uh, it's just a conversation about california coffee and california politics no live for the primary um no not this i think maybe the general i think i'll do the the we'll do a live um because it's more like people are paying attention to what's going on with the live and we can comment on what's going on all across the country. Uh, what is Discord? Discord's like a chat room. So people who don't know what Discord is, it's like a chat room. So there's a California Underground Discord, which is like a chat room. You can go there and talk with other people who follow this. So um, do you think there's any chance at an honest election this time? Yeah, absolutely. I think most elections run smoothly i think there is some shenanigans uh every once in a while but i think for the most part like just go out and vote is it an app yeah it's uh it's an app it's an app so you can download it um do 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 do, do. i believe newsom chia tonight well we've talked about that before he has the numbers he scared people enough to not vote for anybody else on the republican side and he was able to get his base out. You know, before that, he was, uh, it, before that, no one really cared about the recall and there wasn't a lot of um, enthusiasm on his part. So I think the thing when Larry Elder jumped in, it stirred a lot of people because he played up the whole Trump thing. Um, and once he played up the whole Trump thing, he was able to get his base out and they won. So that's all there is to it. Um, but anyway. Wednesday, uh, going to be doing the, the podcast live on Wednesday. Uh, very excited. Have the new chair of the Libertarian Party, the chair of the entire party, Angela Mercado, will be on. She's been on before. She was the chair of the Los Angeles Libertarian Party, but she has now been elected. 
the chair of the entire Libertarian Party. Uh, she is also a big part of the Mises Caucus. I think she was the chair of the California Mises Caucus. So they'll be exciting to talk about what they've done, what they plan to do, and uh, what they plan to move forward with because they, they are serious and they want to start doing things. So with that said, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. As always, we'll be back to Wednesday next week. Um, and tune in on Wednesday for Angela McCardo. I'll see you all on the next one. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 